Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. If you're watching us, on the podcast live or on a replay you're seeing my wonderful green room i'm wearing green we're making sure that we have all the bases covered here at least on this side of things we're going to get you ready for orlando city coming up on saturday a big game uh an early game so uh many of you are gonna have to start your drinking early of course many of you probably won't have stopped from friday night we have a wonderful interview coming up with la galaxy 2 head coach yon damay uh, he's going to talk a little bit about the double header that's coming up on Saturday as well. So we're going to get you through that. So a lot of things to cover LA galaxy news, media availability, all that fun stuff in order to help me do it. She's back. She's in the house. It's the wonderful miss Sophie Nicolau. So how's it going? Well, once again, I'm exceptionally jealous of your light, your uplighting, how it, the beautiful colors on your face and you are St. Patrick's Day green, and I am dressed like a Greek tragedy, all <laughs> in black. You, your walls are green, though, and it's a very British, oh, like, right. hunter green, like a pub, a good pub green, really, if, like, if you're I thinking about it. I like to call it Jaguar green. Ja- Jagu- Jaguar, Jaguar racing green. Jaguar. Yes. We're going to have so many accents on the show tonight. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm, may I'm, we? We have yours. We have uh, Yohan Dame, who I has a wonderful French accent and it's it's glorious and marvelous and Sophie and I were trying to emulate it before we got on the show and it's one of the reasons that we're probably a couple minutes late was we were having too much fun with that. We were. So. I was too busy saying, Josh, you are a fantastic man. Very good. Thank <laughs> but, you so much for but, being there. Oh, see, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I get it. I get all the hype behind the French people. I get it. I get, I've I gone glassless today and, you know, and you know, getting old. Yeah. I mean, it's happening. Lack of sleep, bags under the eyes. It's all, we're just putting it all out there. You yeah, know. Why not? Why let's be honest about this. Um no I told- filters, no nothing, just real <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Already, Soph. Really? Just four that minutes into it. so good the last you, few months. You know what? Larry is going to text you here and oh, like, it's coming. God. He's going to text me about the bags under my eyes, number one. Yeah, and now and he's going to text me. you about that as well. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'll Fa- pay the fine. Family show. Family show. It's fine. Yes. It's fine. Sometimes yes, the kids have to learn some fun. swear words. It's okay. I'm not worried. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody in the chat room is already ready. I'm ready to go too. So uh, we're good. Um, as we said, a happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. It was funny. The LA Galaxy pulled out their two Irish players 
players. I guess there's only been two. Um, I, I'm sure there may have been one or two more that, <laughs> that nobody remembers. But Mr. Robbie Keenan, Derek Williams, current player Derek Williams, who is a topic of conversation for this particular show as well, because there are some questions about whether or not Greg Vanny switches up the defense giving up two goals or three goals in the last game, all on set pieces. Julian Araujo can certainly take credit for two of those. Uh, Nick DePew uh, can take credit for one of them. Sega Koulibaly was playing patty cake a little bit further up the field in order to be uh, out of position on that one as well. So um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was not great, but uh, Derek Williams, Maybe back in uh, back in with the defense. Uh, Greg Vanny had our spoke at open media day. There was another open media day. So if I, w- I went. I, I don't tell anybody, but I did sneak away from work in order to be able to. No. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Um, Wait, your picture was very James Bond-esque. It sound, you made it sound like, were you just hiding the truth from like, no, you know? No, no. Well, you know that the rule is we're not allowed to watch training, right? There's a 10 to 15 minute yeah, yeah. buffer at the yeah. beginning where you're allowed to go watch and then you're not allowed to watch anymore. Um, I never show up for that 10 to 15 minutes because that's pretty worthless watching guys just sort of warm up and do stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you're just there really to talk to people and they're not going to talk to you till after training. Uh, so, so my view of that really is a green fence. So if you want to know what it's like to be a reporter and you want to go to LA galaxy training, there's a lot of cool things that happen. Uh, one of the, one of the hints I would tell everybody, if you want to be a reporter and you want to do this is you go before the guys get out on the field. Okay. But here's the, see, so if you and I used to do this, right, you would get there before they go out on the field. So that way, as they come by, you'd get to say, hi, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? It's good yeah, to see you. Yeah, I like right? that moment. Yeah. That's why good slots on and, yeah. you know, landing picks and yeah, stuff ex- like Yeah, exactly. They're walking in. They're having a good time. They're feeling, they're ready for training. They, they always say good morning. Some of them give you fist bumps, right? You're, you're good. You're like, okay, cool. Everything's good. And then they go and train for like an hour and you wait and you're not supposed to watch. Yeah. All right. Um, With really bad bagels sometimes. I was going to say, this feels like something new. And it is. I mean, every once in a while, we would get bagels. Every once in a while. It wasn't yeah. very often. I would go to training all the time. There would be like nothing, right? There's nothing. And wow. then all of a sudden, I apparently at training now, they have they're, they're sandwiches. So if they had a sandwich box there for me. And I'm like... And I, I went to Kevin, who works at uh, LA Galaxy PR. And I'm like, I'm like, why, why are you feeding us all of a sudden? And I go, it's probably, I know it's because we're worth it, but why, you know, we deserve it, obviously, but why? And he's like, well, didn't you guys always have food out here? So I like that we've got new people in here who just think that they always have to feed us. I think we complained so much last season um, <laughs> of the quality of food. And by the way, I went to an L. Don't shoot me, everyone. I went. I had to do it for work. I went to an LAFC game, and their food quality has regressed regressed and LA galaxy's food quality has improved so far this season. So I might be doing some nuggets on, on the old social with, I've I've taken some videos, so I'm going to post them, but yeah, start to rate the food. I think, you know, and and there's, there's there's some good stuff there. So, um, Yeah. yeah, no, but anyway, so they have it out there. So, you know, we're going through all this, and obviously this is all leading up to the LA Galaxy's game against Orlando City. The game kicks off at 12.30 p.m. We're going to preview that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to tell you about that. But um, there was an open media day. There was a training going on. There was uh, sort of the ability to to be in the presence of players, which was nice. Um, I haven't been next to professional soccer players uh, that much in recent times. I forgot how big some of them are. It's weird. It's weird, <laughs> isn't it, being back like that? It did. It did. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a very, it, I don't know. I, it's, it feels normal. There's a normalcy to it, but there is also this like unfamiliar thing. Like I'm looking at Javier in the eyes 
and he's mm-hmm. a little shorter than me, just a little bit, just just nice, a, just a scope. Does that make you? Does that make you feel good? Yeah, except that whenever I talked to Jonathan Bond before the season started, I felt like I was like a little child that he was yeah. taking to school. So, um, you know, I had my backpack on. And he, I mean, he was like, "Do you need help crossing the street?" I swear, that's what I felt like. He he was very nice to me. Um, but he's yeah, quite the, he's quite the specimen from every. I mean, don't check Instagram at all if you want to feel good about your physique. That's a general statement, by the way. Don't check social media if you want to feel good about your physique. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, there's, there's, just, there's just fun stuff. So, basically, you stare at a fence. That's really what I want to tell you. Now, there's plenty of ways to get around that. I know all those ways, none of which I will divulge to any of you because I don't want those ways to go away. But you can usually find out what's going on, what's happening. It's very, it's very simple. But you're not allowed to and don't. Okay, there you go. I've, I've, said, I've said my piece. Um, Hopefully the LA Galaxy PR team are not listening to it's the okay. show yeah, I don't, this evening. If they do, they, don't, they won't know yeah. these ninja ways that I have yeah. of, of figuring things out. Did I'm, Larry not on Twitter teach you these ninja ways? Because he know, used to go down there all the time. So. You, you know what? One of them? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Larry taught me one of them. Absolutely. And I called him on the way whenever I left uh, from training. I, I barely got through Greg Van. The, the bottom line is I'm going to go through training here in a second and sort of tell you what happened. We'll go through some of the, the video clips and or, or the audio clips of that. Um, I had a meeting I had to go to and I thought I had plenty of time. Training went way long, way long. Always does. Way, but this is longer than like usually it's an hour. An hour is usually good, and you can usually count on it. An hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, and almost two hours of training is a little much. And so I will I will sort of go over what what all all was encompassed in that. So it was interesting. Because Nick, Nick, Nick DePew's practicing <laughs> set pieces. <laughs> he needs the practice. So I, the LA Galaxy need the practice as well. So uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a good one. Um, let's get to a little bit of stuff, though. Um, I wanted to talk about this before we get too deep into everything. Uh, MLS today was sort of th- throwing out some infographics and, and tooting their own horn, as they like to do so many times. I did find it interesting. However, uh, there's a league record 82 countries represented uh, from uh, in Major League Soccer. And if you compare that with the other leagues around the world, Sophie, uh, the next highest league is Serie A, Serie A in Italy. Um, and it has 62 countries represented within it. So 20 more countries are represented in Major League Soccer than they are um, anywhere else. Wow. That's I, I, one is... That's awesome. I love to see it because it feels like MLS teams have to be very creative with the way that they spend money and the way they spend dollars. And one of the ways to do that is to go to places other people are not to find diamonds in the rough, to find those 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 people and those those ki- those kids who you can bring mm. in and have and make a difference in Major League Soccer. I think that's awesome. Um, so some of that is is super cool and super interesting. Um, whenever you, you look at all that, um, by the way, uh, we got a $2 super chat from Architecto Verbal. Um, and he says, uh, what happened to Carlos Harvey? Carlos Harvey is around. So I've been told. So I want everybody to know he is around, uh, the LA galaxy signed him. He had a passport thing. He was training with them. I don't know where he's playing right now in terms of, is he going to go, um, play for LA galaxy Two or if he's going to stay with the, the main LA galaxy team, but you're talking about a guy 
who the LA Galaxy um, were were able to get on loan from, I think, Toro FC. Um, and now he was down there training with them, and now he's back. So another guy who's from out of the country who's who's sitting here um, mm-hmm. and is one of these, these 82 countries represented. Um, so just really interesting. The other part of it is that MLS has the youngest player pool at 25 years and 194 days old. The fun thing is that that is like wrong as soon as, as soon as it's tomorrow. It's not that's not true anymore, right? Because everybody gets a day older every single time, right? So this ticks through the whole um, season basically, unless you bring in younger players and then it can reset some things. But basically, everybody gets older as it goes. I just thought this was interesting. You look at the Premier League there, so and 59, yeah. 59 countries represented. Uh, 82 countries uh, in Major League Soccer. Is there anything? Is it, I can, well, they can, have the... Um, sorry, I had to put the old no, glasses that's, that's, on to, to read that. Um, so for, was I correct in that stat? There's 49% outside of the US and Canada. So 51% are Canadian and American. Correct. Is that... Yes. Okay. So just a smidgen over half. The Premier League, I think everyone's winding down because of the home player rule. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have X amount of homegrown players uh, in in the league. But there's definitely less, I think. There's an emergence of young British talent who is starting a lot more than, than they used to. I mean, that's really quite phenomenal that that number is as, as high as it is. Uh, very interesting. I would love to do it. I'd love to see them do that, though, whenever you put into like starting 11s, regular starting 11s, how many of the, how many Americans are starting? Because mm-hmm. most teams have eight international slots and most of those eight players, if there's only eight, some of them have more, some of them have less. But most of those eight players are starters. Right. And so right. a lot of times you have seven um, or you have well, how six. many do LA Galaxy have that start every week? So you've uh, got Cabral, uh, Chicharito, Douglas Costa, uh, Revelison. Delgado's uh, American. Um, let's see. You've uh, got Kulibali. Yep, Kulibali's um, in there. Uh, you've got Bond. Jonathan, Jonathan Bond. So Bond doesn't count as an international because player. Because his mom was American, yes, right? So he's, he's American. So he's technically a domestic player. I don't know if they... But he was born outside of that, so he would hit on this. Right. Even though he doesn't count as an international slot in there as well. Uh, Julian Rajo is uh, is a domestic player. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, and then Raheem Edwards is a domestic player. Galaxy actually do pretty good with Grand Sur, sort of one of those guys who can mix in. Victor Vasquez is an international player. That was one of the ones I was missing. I knew I was missing one. Uh, so Victor Vasquez is a guy who plays all the time. Um, mm-hmm. That type of thing. So yeah, I mean, you know, the, the a lot of the starters are international players. So again, it's a nice stat. It's nice to see. I think it's really cool. It's an interesting thing. I don't know that mm-hmm. it's necessarily like this big thing, but it's fun. It's fun to talk. It's very, about. It's very, it's very eclectic. Um, yeah. It illustrates kind of the diversity, which is good, but also the opportunity. And like you said, MLS teams have to hustle to find talent from everywhere just because of the wage structure and the way um, transfers happen. So yeah, you know, yeah. As long as American players are getting the opportunity and this isn't me being, you know, prejudice in any way, shape or form. I say the same thing. I always want my club, Arsenal, to at least have some homegrown players. I think it's important because of the culture, because of, you know, the history of the club, you know, and you can be foreign or you can be um, a homegrown player in order to kind of project the history. 
But I do like us to have a bit of a British backbone being a British team. So I think those things are still important. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons that MLS actually limits the number of international players that you can be on the team, right? And basically, it limits the number of international slots in the league. It's eight times however many players are in the league, and then not all those slots get filled up. Um, mm-hmm. There's even talk, and I've heard the talk certainly, of mandating that you have to have X number of US-based players on the field at the, at a time whenever you're doing like substitutes and everything. I know there's other leagues that sort of have rules like that um, that look at that. So anyway, just some interesting things whenever you we look at it. I thought it was fun to talk about. Uh, there was another slide that showed like which states were represented, and I think there were only like three or four states. It was like 48 maybe. Um, so no, it was it was not that many. It was like 47 states. Um, For real? Yeah, that that have are represented. There are actually like two, three, four places that are not represented uh, within the league. Uh, that people were not wow. born in those states. One of them, I think, was Oklahoma. Was one of them Oklahoma? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I would say the top, the top state that people would come from from a football perspective is it New Jersey? I have no idea. I think it might be right. California, because SoCal yeah. has a ton of talent. I would say Utah, California, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the at the numbers, but I thought it was fun to sort of take a look at. We take that. Uh, and then we transition that over to some of the international call-ups that are just coming down. Galaxy are on the edge of an international break. Uh, they will not play any games here for a little while after there will be a, a pretty good size break between uh, the LA Galaxy's game against Orlando City and then the next time they play against the Portland Timbers. Portland actually plays in between there, by the way. They play or- Orlando. Um, so um, it'll be a, a little international break for the LA Galaxy and some of their players are going. Eric Zavaleta, we're going to talk about him. Um, Greg Vanny said that he underwent an MRI uh, earlier in the week. I think it was a hamstring issue that he was looking at um, and they looked at that and they said that there was nothing uh, nothing there in the MRI and so he would be cleared to come back and, and continue training once obviously he felt um, good enough to, to go ahead and do that. So uh, Eric Zavaleta gets called up uh, for El Salvador um, and uh, there's some some real good CONCACAF qualifiers going on uh, in, at this time. And so uh, if he's healthy and if he can play, uh, he will probably get some game time um, with El Salvador. So that'll be something to watch. And then the Mexican national team announced that they were going to call up Julian Araujo. So Julian Araujo makes that call up list uh, widely expected that he would be going. Uh, the big deal is, of course, the U.S. men's national team and Mexico will face each other uh, in Mexico City at Azteca uh, for it's not going to wow. be a, it's not going to be a must win game, but I imagine Julian Araujo will get some time in this qualifying section the next three games, um, and certainly interesting for the U.S. and uh, everybody gets to hold their breath and looks every it looks good looks like Mexico is going to make it looks like U.S. Hopefully he'll make the same mistakes that he did for LA Galaxy <laughs> and the U.S. benefits from that. Sorry, if, not sorry. If you're a U.S. fan, yes, that is correct. And if you're a Mexico fan, I, I hope I hope sorry, I, not sorry. I hope that he does just fine. Um, but anyway, so he'll be gone uh, for the international breaks as well. He'll be available for Orlando, so not to worry about that. And he, they sh- everybody should be back before they play Portland as well. So those are the call-ups that we have right now. Um, and so we will keep an eye on if there are other any other call-ups that sort of happen within the international breaks. Those are the ones I was able to find before we went on the show. And some of these announcements are happening like today and tomorrow um, for some of these other clubs and, and some of these other World Cup qualifying windows. So everybody can keep an eye on that. All right. Uh, one of the things that I definitely wanted to do, and by the way, Phil, um, giving us a $10 super chat. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate that. Um, one of the things that I, uh, I certainly wanted to, uh, to do was talk a little LA galaxy too. Um, and 
I am in no way qualified to talk about LA Galaxy 2 uh, because I don't watch it as much as I should. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of LA Galaxy senior team players that'll get some time on LA Galaxy 2 this year. And so what we wanted to do was ahead of the LA Galaxy 2 home opener, which will be right now, as we can tell, one of the few games that fans will actually be able to attend for LA Galaxy 2. So because as of right now, I've been told that there are no plans to have fans in the stadium for LA Galaxy 2 games. Uh, which I think is what? a mistake. Yeah, I know. I asked I asked Johan about that, and he said, you know, that's not really my decision. He goes, so we'll just deal with whatever we need to deal with in order to do it. And I think it's ridiculous and stupid, and I hope that they change their minds on that. I'm hoping... God, I go to the Orange County Soccer Club games, and they're so brilliant. Yep. I mean, the the crowd's brilliant. What? I don't understand that. Yep. Yep. I, I It's got to be a cost thing. And with the last year in USL and with health and safety protocols and all the stuff that they probably don't want to deal with, they however they want to do it they don't want to do it that being said um and i'll have plenty of time to rail about this throughout the rest mm -hmm. of the season that being said there is a double header coming up on saturday galaxy senior team will play at 12 30 kickoff is at 12 50 and then at 4 p.m la galaxy 2 will host san antonio fc so it's something that we wanted to talk about and wanted to get to um and it's something that uh hopefully you'll you'll enjoy here a little bit is that i wanted to talk to la galaxy 2 head coach uh, Yoan Dame. So uh, what we have is about 12 or 13 minutes with uh, with Yoan. So uh, I talked to him on Tuesday when he was available a little bit earlier. Uh, and so was I. So I want to get you that interview. And whenever we come back, we'll uh, we'll kick it off and start heading towards that Orlando talk. All right. So here is uh, Yoan Dame, LA Galaxy 2 head coach. Very lucky that uh, we're going to be joined by LA Galaxy 2 head coach Yoan Dame. Yoan uh, ha has tons of experience, especially whenever you look at his time with the U-20 U.S. national team, part of FC Cincinnati's coach. In fact, he was the interim head coach with FC Cincinnati twice, uh, was with FC, FC Cincinnati on the USL side, and then the, the Montreal Academy as well. So a, a guy with tons of experience. I talked a little bit to Mike Munoz, who was uh, very high on this hiring before it was made. Uh, so we're very happy and fortunate to welcome uh, to join us on the show for the very first time, LA Galaxy 2 head coach Yoan Dam. May. Uh, Yohan, thanks for joining us. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you for the invite, uh, Josh. It's it's. I know uh, I know it's a little bittersweet. You guys are coming off a, a two one loss to San Diego Loyal, and it was a it was a pretty bad beat too. Whenever you look at a ninety seventh minute own goal, ends up uh, undoing. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the hard work and was down to ten men in that game as well. Um, just a, you know, looking back at the game over the weekend, uh, overall, uh, a are are you upset about the start? Are you are you uh, maybe a little more optimistic about the start than the scoreline would lead? No, to be honest, like I've I've, I've spoken with the guys today. Uh, today was the first training back uh, after the game, so we've had a, we've had some discussion ongoing with the staff, and then today was the moment to address the players about the the performance of the weekend. And 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 the first thing I said to them is uh, I'm I'm excited. I woke up on Sunday excited, excited about the mentality of the group, excited about the the quality I uh, I see on a daily basis. So. Uh, I, I think it's promising, you know. Like we we went to uh, to, to San Diego on the weekend, and of course you uh, you expect looking at the game and, uh, and 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 the last 15 minutes of the game, you expect to uh, to, to to leave with a point. But uh, but but that's football. That's uh, football, and and sometimes it's cruel. And uh, and and losing in that uh, in that fashion was was definitely difficult. But 
I, I want to look at the positive and uh, and I want to focus on, uh, on on the good things and what we're going to be able to do in the future. Yeah, I want to give everybody a heads up too as well that coming up this Saturday, LA Galaxy 2 will be hosting San Antonio FC. This is the second part of the doubleheader. So the LA Galaxy kickoff against Orlando City at 12.30 p.m. You can stick around and at 4 p.m. Uh, you can see LA Galaxy 2, 2 host San Antonio FC. We'll get into that maybe a little bit more here, but I wanted to go back and, and be a little more broad on our topics whenever we start. Just... In terms of the second team with the LA Galaxy, um, you know that's always sort of, at least from the time I've been watching and it's in, in, in its existence, it's always been a challenge, right? Because there's been the pathway from the academy to USL to MLS. They've always been there. But when you have a team like the LA Galaxy who does bring in a lot of you know um, outside talent and, and that populates the senior team, uh, it's not always the clearest pathways for some of maybe your most talented players. And so how do you view right now the LA Galaxy Galaxy 2 stepping stone. What do you see is the main important part of, of LA Galaxy 2? Um, as, as you mentioned, I think that's uh, that's a team that is very important in the in the player pathway within the club. Uh, but the, the first team having like a, a, a very good roster in terms of quality and bringing players from uh, from abroad and uh, bringing players with uh, with experience. Sometimes it can uh, it can look a bit a bit blurry for the for the players. But the, that that's where the expectation is. You know, like the expectation is uh, is high for the for the the young players coming in, and uh, and uh, and we want to set the bar uh, the bar high. So again, like for me, like there is two ways I I, I look at it. There is that uh, that player pathway we, that that we want to reinforce with uh, in between the academy and the first team. So like I think this team is a big part of that uh, of giving the experience, giving the opportunity to to the young players to to keep developing and expressing themselves at the at the professional level. But there is also like the the, the part which is supporting the first team in uh, in in having success. So so players coming down as well and and getting some minutes to. Uh, uh, to be fit and to be uh, to be able to perform uh, to perform on the weekend for uh, for Greg with uh, with his team. Yeah, it's it's one of the big questions I always get asked, and and certainly whenever you talk about um, the academy system, LA Galaxy two, and then the senior team as well, is is how much of your style do you personally get to put into this LA Galaxy two team, and how much of the style and tactics are part of the overall broad you know sort of framework of what the LA Galaxy want to do as a whole. Yes, that's a that's a very good question, and I think me just joining the club is uh, is also like a good time to uh, I think to explain a little bit the process. I think the club, uh, since Greg arrived uh, and uh, and and I started to manage the first team, I think the club wants to align a little bit more uh, what's what is happening at uh, at the academy and with the the, the second team, and I think. Uh, Mike Munoz uh, coming back to the to the club and and myself coming uh, to uh, to take care of uh, of uh, of G2 uh, is also a testament of uh, of what the club wants to do. So uh, I think there is alignment in terms of uh, of how we want to play, how, how we want to play, like in between like the academy, the first team, and and, and G2, and 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 that's why I'm I'm there. Uh, in the in the end, I think we uh, we all have a lot of similarities in uh, in the way we view the game, mm -hmm. and uh, and and that's why I'm part of the project. I think uh, Greg and I uh, uh, see uh, see the game in uh, in from from the same perspective, and and I think that helps also to uh, to have some some stability when uh, when the players are moving in between the the, the two teams. You want to have 
uh, you want to make sure these guys get the same messages across, and uh, and I think that's that's what is important. And and the same way in between the academy and and G2 before the players join the first team, like you you want them to have a, to have the same message that is uh, that is delivered to them. You want them to feel that what they've done with the academy is also going to help them to perform at, uh, at at the reserve level and and eventually later on at the at the first team level. So I think the alignment is a big part of what we're trying to uh, to to do. Uh, and and because of our uh, our conviction in terms of how football should be played, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 very aligned and it's very very similar. And and what is that interaction like between the senior side, the MLS his side, and the USL side, both on the players and on the coaches? Um, you know, is there a lot of mixing between those two groups? There is mixing, uh, of course. Like there is lots of of discussion, ongoing discussion. Like uh, of course, like they they have a lot of things to to prepare for, and and the schedule is busy, uh, and 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 ours is is as well. So uh, there is some constraint during the week, but uh, but but the process is very collaborative, and, and there is a lot of uh, exchanges during the week, a lot of discussion about players, about processes, how we do things, how we train. How we prepare for this type of opponent. So I, I would say uh, the, the the beauty of the process is I think there is like lots of competencies in the room, uh, whether it's uh, it's with the first team staff or, or the academy staff, and and I think this discussion are only making us better as a as a club. As we shift a little bit more to the game coming up this weekend, and uh, uh, I'll say this, this is going to be one of the, let's say, a uh, few chances, at least right now, for people to actually go out and see the LA Galaxy 2 team play at home this year. As of right now, at least from what I've been told, it doesn't seem like you guys are going to have uh, you know, uh, fans in attendance for some of your home games. Is, is, is that still the expectation, at least for, for the near future? And what does that do to to a team like you guys? I mean, obviously, young young players want to play in front of fans, want to see that. Um, what 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 does knowing that maybe there won't be that home support at home this year uh, do for the team? To to be very honest, that's something that uh, that I'm not hundred percent sure about. So it's so it's hard for me to uh, to discuss about that. Uh, of of course, like players have to face different situation during the season. Uh, and of course, playing away like in in front of uh, of, of crowds, like it was the case this weekend against uh, against San Diego, mm-hmm. is part of the environment we uh, we want to put the players in. So when you play home, like having fans or not having fans, of course, makes a difference. But it, but in the end, it's about what we can control and like having make, making sure the players can, uh, can can perform on game day. This is out of our control at uh, at the moment, and and we just want to make sure we uh, we go to the games ready and. Uh, and that we uh, we provide the best uh, the best resources for the players to be uh, to be performing on the on the weekend. Johan, I'm going to ask you the question that I think is always the hardest for coaches, uh, and I've been doing it long enough. I, I I know what to expect from this, but um, there are some really talented players on this LA Galaxy two team. Whether you look at some of the academy players that have you know sort of come up, and some guys who have been established with Galaxy two over the years, or whether you look at maybe even some of the draft picks that were draft picks earlier this year, and now are going to be playing down with your your G two squad. Uh, can you give us some of the names that you know you're excited about, and 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 uh, some guys that we should be watching as this season progresses? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for me to uh, to 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 give you names. I, I would say the group is talented. There is definitely like a good mix in between uh, experience this year. There is a couple of veteran guys that have came in to uh, uh, to surround the younger players and uh, and 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 provide the support uh, that we need to uh, to to develop these uh, these players. I think there is a couple of. Uh, 
of uh, players that were drafted that uh, that are going to be interesting to watch. There is also a couple of uh, of players that are involved with the first team already that uh, that are going to get some minutes with G2. So I would say the that's a pretty good mix of uh, of players with different background and and also different uh, different qualities that uh, definitely makes the group very talented and. Uh, and uh, and that's why I said to you, like uh, I'm I'm really excited despite the the result this past weekend. I'm I'm really excited about the season ahead with these guys. Uh, w- one of the things, uh, one more question, and then and then I think we'll let you go here. Is um, this is the last year for LA Galaxy two in USL, and next year there's a transition plan to go over to the the MLS side, the MLS Next Pro. Is there? Is there anything that's happening this year that's already starting a shift for that year, or is this year USL? You're totally focused on that, and you know, sort of planning down the direction and looking at that MLS Next Pro is is not you know super high on the priority list right now. For now, the fo- the focus is uh, is fully on the on the USL season ahead. Is on uh, providing the best environment for the players to develop and to keep growing and to to make sure these uh, these guys. Uh, benefit from uh, from what we're trying to build. So the the only focus in, is is on what we can control, which is uh, which is the season, which is the next game, which is our training environment and uh, and the project we're building uh, uh, within the club, and, uh, and 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 we will go from there for what's uh, what's about the future. And then I guess I lied. This is the last question. I promise. Uh, San Antonio FC coming into uh, into uh, face you guys at Dignity Health Sports Park on Saturday again. Second game of the double header kicks off about 4 p.m. Galaxy play. Uh, Orlando City at 12.30 p.m. So tickets uh, get you to both of those games so you can stick around if you want to. Uh, what are you expecting out of this game and what do you want to see from your team uh, on, on the rebound after the uh, the first uh, first round loss there? As uh, as everybody knows, like playing on the road in uh, in this league uh, and and in MLS is uh, is is something difficult. So so like you you need to show resilience and and at times like you need to find ways to uh, to win games. So having our first home game this weekend is a is an opportunity for us to be uh, to be more dominant to uh, to to show a little bit more uh, the identity we're trying to implement and. Uh, and uh, and yes, to to be on the ball and 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 to provide uh, a little bit more uh, uh, a little bit more moments, I would say, uh, on the ball and and controlling the game. So so I'm looking at this game as a big opportunity for us to uh, uh, to start our uh, our home season and uh, and to benefit from that uh, home field advantage of playing at uh, the HSP. Uh, the LA Galaxy 2 will kick off their home opener here at 4 p.m. Uh, if you're not going to be at the game, if you're not going to be there, you can watch it on ESPN Plus as all the USL games and especially all the LA Galaxy 2 games are on ESPN Plus. So you can find it there. Jan, we certainly appreciate you calling. Hopefully this will be the first of many. Uh, good luck this weekend and, and, and I wish you all the best for the season. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. All right. There we go. A little uh, a little chat with LA Galaxy 2 head coach Jan Dame. Um, he's fun. He's fun, and I like him so. And I think that uh, very soon we're gonna we're, we're gonna be able to talk to him more about some of the developments that are going on there. There's gonna be this big transition that happens next year whenever they go to US, the the MLS Next Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not something that Dennis DeClosa was very high on, which is one of the reasons the LA Galaxy uh, two are still playing in USL right now. But MLS has basically mandated that everybody who's in MLS go go to MLS Next Pro, and I think there's about three or four holdouts throughout the the 28 teams that are in the league. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll sort of see what what would you take from uh, from his interview. I th- I think he's very articulate. He's very interesting. Um, he's honest. You know, very forthright in his opinions, and I like the bit about talking uh, in terms of synergy with Greg Vanny. I think that's important. I don't think that happens 
across the board um, in, you know, A and B teams or one and two teams. So I thought that was a really good point. Um, and, you know, expectations are always going to be high. Uh, disappointment, yes, um, in terms of how things started. But I like I like his style and I think that he's um, I think he's a good ambassador uh, for for the brand overall. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Again, uh, if you want to watch the LA Galaxy 2 game, two ways to do it. If you are at- Great interview, by the way. Sorry, Josh. Oh. You asked some really good questions. It was conversational. Um, and it was, uh, it was very engaging. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will say that uh, our discord users got that, got to give me some ideas of what they were thinking about and what they questions they wanted to know. Um, and then I was able to sort of fold those into stuff that, um, that I know I wanted to touch on and, and sort of get to. And I always love going to LA galaxy two games. I haven't been in recent times just cause schedules, uh, is pretty tight now. But, um, if you want to stay, you can say after the LA galaxy two game or after the LA galaxy game, you can watch LA galaxy two. It kicks off at four. If you have a ticket for the LA galaxy game, you're, you're in, you just stay where you're at and you can walk around the concourse for a little bit and, you know, maybe get something to eat, stretch your legs, do a little thing. And you can watch two games instead of just watching one game. So, um, cool. yeah, that's sort of a highlight. And again, it doesn't look like right now they're going to have any fans in there, which is a mistake, but that's okay. Uh, they don't listen to me. So, uh, we'll see, uh, we'll sort of see where it goes. I want to get to, before we get too far, I want to get into this because I can already tell just by the way this whole show is shaping up that we're going to be uh, condensed towards the end of it. There's a lot of information to get through still uh, here for today. I, I told you I went to meet to yeah. I, <laughs> Sophie's like I'm I'm out I'm out I'm I'll just no 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 we got we got plenty. Um, I I went to training I went to training on Wednesday. I got to hang out there. I got to see uh, some of my reporter friends who I see all the time on game days. But it was nice to see them again. Uh, and then we got to talk to Greg Vanny. We got to talk to Javier Hernandez. We got to talk to Douglas Costa. Um, well, they did. I had to leave before before uh, Costa came out. So that's a tough tough break. But that's okay. Um, there's some really good stuff. If you go on cornerofthegalaxy.com, we have the entire media availability ready there. Uh, and Costa stuff is uh, is translated by uh, Vicky Mercado, who's who's in charge of uh, PR at the LA Galaxy. So it's immediately translated so you can get sort of an idea of what he's saying. And he's speaking in Spanish. So if you speak Spanish, um, he does that. He understands Spanish. He speaks a little bit of Spanish. And then um, I was talking to uh, one of the reporters, uh, Katia, Katia Castorena, who's who's amazing by the way i don't top know shelf, yeah, top shelf yeah shelf human I, right there I, I, I love talking yeah. to katia uh and she's always always tuned into everything and she says you know it's funny because his portuguese is sort of like portuguese and spanish and it's mixed together because he's played with so many spanish speakers and he's been in so many spanish speaking places and he has this thing that it's kind of like whenever we talk about like spanglish right where, where yeah, it's yeah, spanish yeah. and english and it gets mixed into there and that's so that's what he does is it's like portuguese and then it's also spanish and you know a whole bunch of things nice. the best part was um and i saw uh, was whenever he came out and uh, somebody goes oh, what, you're, you're not going to talk to us in english he goes and he goes as as jonathan dos santos used to do and everything else <laughs> He goes, he goes, he goes, give me six months and then I'll talk to you. And, and we're like, it's perfect. You could just talk to us. It, but I, I understand. It's very, I love it. it's so difficult. And I have so much respect for anybody who does an interview in a language that is not their own. Yeah. Um, I mean, our Portuguese uh, isn't great. And uh, <laughs> certainly my Spanish isn't. But you know what? Now I'm on a mission because I cracked the Jonathan Dos Santos code. Right. I, I don't know if you, Larry was there that uh-huh. day. I remember. I remember. Um, so now I will crack the Douglas Costa code. He's he's there. He's he's going to feel comfortable with us. And he's he's, Two re- he's ready to do it. Two months. OK, good. I yeah. like it. So. Um, so anyway, so Douglas Costa, but you can get that whole thing. Um, I do have some stuff that we're going to play from Vanny and from uh, Javier here. But let me tell you about how things go. And I told you the training ran long. 
and everybody sits there and goes, well, wh- who cares? Well, it matters. And when that happens, it matters, right? And there's little things that you can take from this. So this is how the normal schedule goes. Let's pretend the LA Galaxy had a game on Saturday. And so then they're going to come back from that game on Saturday. So what happens um, uh, for all that? And by the way, thank you. I got some reminders here as well. Um, Marvin uh, gave us a $10 super chat uh, and said that he, he wanted to wish his beautiful wife, Yvonne, who's watching with me, a beautiful 15th anniversary from when we first met. Yes, we're old school and met at a bar on St. Patrick's Day. Happy, happy anniversary. Wow, That's awesome. Happy anniversary. That's amazing. I love it. So so thank you for that, Marvin. Uh, Patrick, by the way, gave us $5 super chat and says the show continues to dominate. That's mostly due to Sophie. Um, and then Raphael gave us a $10 super <laughs> chat and says, happy 15th anniversary to fellow G's Marvin and Yvonne. Cheers. I like how they're giving us money for their anniversary. I, it's, yeah. I feel a little dirty about it, but I will accept it. I, I yeah, want, totally. Yeah. Okay. Also, b- by the way, a couple that met in a bar on St. Paddy's day still together because, you know, sometimes you could be bleary eyed <laughs> on St. Paddy's day in a bar. So I'm glad that all worked. That's, they, that's, that's they've a been, story. they've been drunk for 15 years. That's the part <laughs> that he hasn't said, but no, congratulations. That's awesome. And, and a, a, a lot of fun. So anyway, so training matters. Let's pretend that the LA galaxy had a good game on Saturday, which they did. They played in Seattle. They come back. So they traveled back home on Saturday after the game. Okay. So what happens through the rest of the week? Well, Sunday, which you would think normally you just had a huge game Sunday. You would say, well, that's a day off. It's not a day off. Mm-hmm. Sunday is a recovery day, right? Which is when they come in, they do a light workout. Maybe they ride bicycles around Dignity Health Sports Park, which yeah. they have done, right? Um, and so that's their recovery day. So their day off is Monday. So they have a day off on Monday and they don't come in on Monday. Now they're they're free and they get to do whatever they want to do. So Tuesday they come back. They have that day off. So it's a moderate day, right? It's moderate to high level sort of intensity. They make sure they get all the, the muscles stretched out. But then they want to put in some good work, some good cardiovascular works that way. They're, they're keeping the heart up and doing all those things. Well, then we get to Wednesday. And this is when media day was. Wednesday is a max effort day, right? It is the peak of training because on Thursday, you're going to start to ramp stuff down. It's a little bit less intense on Friday. It's a walkthrough and on Saturday is your next game, right? So Friday is the least exertive day outside of your day off. And then Saturday is when you play. So we were there on a Wednesday. The galaxy were supposed to start around 10. They started about 20 minutes to 11 because I got there. I guess I just missed uh, everybody going out and seeing them warm up for the 10, 15 minutes or whenever it started. So that was about, you know, 1040 or so. I got there around 11. Um, And then they trained from basically 1040 all the way until about 1230. Uh, That's a long time. As a matter of fact, it was so long, Sophie. Uh, there was a little anecdote floating around that one of the players uh, may have mentioned, and we won't mention any names of said players. He says, two hours, what are we, training for the Olympics? Which I thought that was great. Wow. That, that's great. That's great. That's great. Well, I mean, there's, there's a thing, though. Bruce Arena's trainings very rarely went over an hour. Most of these guys, the trainings don't usually go over an hour. To see almost a two-hour training is a lot. And it was high intensity towards the end because we could hear them yelling and screaming at each other as they were playing a game. So there was games going on. Everybody was focused and playing high intensity. You could sort of hear the impacts. Um, I had it explained to me what was going on while they were out there and sort of, sort of seeing that stuff. And so um, that's what happens at training. That's why Wednesday was a max effort day. It's also the day you probably start talking about the team that you're going to be playing. 
So Wow. So, I mean, Pochettino, when he was at Spurs, he would do two a days. Mm-hmm. Antonio Conte, intense. I mean, an hour and a bit training, that's not, that's not, that's they, I, not too, I mean, this too long. Is, no, it? no, it's not. And I, listen, nobody's complaining and the players aren't complaining either. It's just more fun that they're like, whoa, whoa okay, I guess we're going to train for two hours today, right? That's, that is. Yeah, that's um, how you win championships, right? dudes. Sometimes. Sometimes it is. If you're Guillermo Barrescoloto, you train for two hours and then you just run everybody into the ground. So yeah. there is a there's a balance and there's always those things. So anyway, it's, it's but also just, Greg's trying to rebuild a culture, right? An a culture of sorts. Um, what's acceptable? What what isn't? But yeah, no, I'm exhausted just by the schedule that you mapped out, by the way. I need a nap. I mean, it, it is. It, you know, it's funny because the, those guys basically probably showed up. Maybe they got to the stadium around eight, 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 nine, somewhere in there. Um, and so, uh, they're there and then they're done by 1230. I mean, it's not a, it's not a horrible schedule. You get to go home, hang out with the family for us today, play video games, whatever you want to do. Um, if you're Sasha, you act, Sasha Clash and you act like a real man, um, and just do manly things and that type of stuff. Um, I know I would go home and play video games. Um, so, no, you wouldn't play video games. You play with something else with trains. Let's be very the, clear yes, about what it was you because you yeah. almost left that open for too long. <laughs> that people were going to be like, well, I know what you would do. And that would have been my second. That would have been a yellow yep, after you, my first offense. You got warned the first time verbally, and then you would have gone into the book on the second one. So, uh, by the way, uh, Herb, uh, stopped by and gave us a little, uh, yeah, there you go. A little red card there. So, uh, Herb gave us a $20 and two cent 2002, by the way, so Herb always has a meaning behind his, uh, 2002, of course, the first time the LA Galaxy won an MLS Cup. Good job, Herb. Uh, he says, stopping by to say hi to the soccer diva. Hey, Josh, hope all is well. Have a great show. Herb Memorial still... Is the Herb Memorial still a thing? Of course it is, Herb. Of course it is. The Herb Memorial chat room is always yours uh, whenever you want it, even though you're alive. I don't know why it's a memorial, but we like it that anyway. It's We like to think of you. That's It's a memorial, see? That's all. 100%. By the way, that looked like a... An ad for Pe- uh, Dr. Pepper there for a second by I've you. Been, I've been trying to get them to sponsor us. I don't know what else I need to do besides like hold this here for an hour or something like this. But um, I did have to make an emergency Dr. Pepper run last night to Target. Just FYI. <sighs> All right. That better be cold. You better not be drinking warm pop. No, it's fine I, because I grew out of drinking warm pop in college because you wouldn't put it in the fridge because your roommates would drink it. Um, so you would just leave it out and be like, well, I'm not drinking that because it's warm. It's like, that's right. You're not drinking it because it's warm. I'm drinking it. Because I want it. When I first moved here, I'm like, people were saying pop. And I'm, I'm thinking, what, pop music? Pop, you know, I don't know, lollipop? I don't know, you just shorten abbreviation. It's a fizzy drink. We, it's a fizzy drink. It, it's That's a, what we called it. But now I say it. I just said it out loud, like, without even blinking an eye. You say pop. say pop. See, now, I grew up saying pop or soda. And I think that we mix that word in California. But oh, my parents, pop. I get that, my, yeah. but my parents are also from the East Coast, so I'm not sure if I have an East Coast bias within my soda drinking. So I just, I just call it a soda. Um, yeah. Do you do floats? Do you like the the float? That sounds with- like way too much, uh, of like work. That's, yeah. I mean, I I like them if somebody makes them for me. I don't want to do it myself and dirty things and have to clean. I'm the one who's in charge of cleaning up the kitchen, so I like to keep it simple. Mm. Um, nobody else in this house does though. That's for sure. Um, anyway, you're not you're not a Virgo, are you? Leo. Leo. Yeah, close, close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. okay. Pl- I digress. We digress. No, it's fine. I, I think we're all, we're, we're doing just fine. So anyway, so that was, um, that was sort of where we stood with, uh, with training. So there was a reason it was long. Uh, Greg was pushing them this week, was trying to correct some things. Certainly he talked about that a little bit here and there. Uh, by the way, chat room is saying pop is mis- Midwestern. Soda is the answer. 
I'm, 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 I, okay, good. I grew up on the right side of things then. Um, let's get to a little bit of this. Uh, it's, it's super interesting. Uh, Javier Hernandez spoke to us, was one of the first ones. He was, he's in a good mood. He's always in a good mood, right? We need to go to the church of Javier Hernandez right now. That's really what we need to do. Um, and I'm, I'm just sort of going through here on, on some of this. And um, I got one of the first questions uh, and it was nice to be back and actually just talking to people face to face. And so it was nice to see Javi looking at me and answering my question. It, it was a ton of fun. But here's Javier. I asked him, I said, you know, this game against Orlando, uh, it's 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 a difficult one. Um, you know, do you f- and and I go and you're not playing on turf. Do you has the turf bothered you guys now played two back to back games on turf? Um, and this is what uh, Javi, of course, uh, put into uh, into the world. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that kind of stuff that they could sound like a, like an excuse. But yeah, it's not easy stuff. We don't use those. That's uh, we turn all this sport uh, was invented with, with grass, as you can see. But I mean, uh, times evolve. You know, the VAR technology and other situations. So, us as players, if they tell you you need to to play in concrete, we're gonna play in concrete, and we're gonna adapt ourselves to try to to enjoy this sport that we love. I, I thought that was great. If they tell us to play on concrete, we're going to play on concrete, right? I mean, that's a classic Javier Chicharito answer right there, which is I'm not going to kind of complain because if I do, everybody will take my quote completely out of context and it'll be story all over Mexico. Javier Hernandez hates turf, you know, the whole deal. And he's like, I th- yeah, I think you've you got something, Josh. Church of Chicharito <laughs> and his quotes of the season. Boom, Shakala, <laughs> drop the mic. You've yeah, done it. Yeah, you, you, I mean, he 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 throws out some beauties, doesn't he? He's the best quote machine since Zlatan. He he is. It's always interesting, and he was yeah. very engaged. You know, a lot of times he tries to argue with us about about answers <laughs> and stuff like that, like in the nicest way possible. Um, and so one of the crazy things was, and we were asking him, and we've sort of been asking him, but I know the. We know the response, but you still have to ask questions. It's like, listen, the offense isn't really clicking yet. You have chances. You haven't converted some of those chances. Do you want to score more goals? Javier, basically, as Javier says, I don't care about goals. I just want to win. He goes, I want to win. We want to win. Like the whole thing. He was making it really good. So Scott French, who was there, wanted to argue with him about a little bit about it. It's like, come on. But you want to score goals, which I like. This was good, though, because it, it it's it's Frenchy. like, yeah, exactly. And so you could go into this stuff. Um so uh, I'm going to try to see if I can get uh, get this. So uh, here's Javier Hernandez talking about the offense a little bit. Win. If I, Is it good enough? I want to win. Wait. I want to win. Wait. If I score, look, Giroud didn't score a goal. He didn't make a shot in the World Cup, and he was the World Cup champion. So ask him as well. So I want to win. This is a sport team. We want to win. I'm the first defender, and then I'm going to be the first attacker. I don't, I don't want to keep sending that message that and in this society, even in soccer and in life, that we came here just to do one job, and life is just about one thing, simple thing, and all of that stuff. I want to win. We want to win. And honestly, with all the respect, I don't care. Last season, I will, sign, I will, I will have five less goals and five more points. And we'll be in the playoffs, or you never know, a champion. So it's like, I want to win. Goal scoring can often lead to goal scoring. Man, last season I scored 17 goals in 21 games, and I was in my couch watching playoffs. It- that is that is it. I love it. I love it. Whatever. So 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 Scott's trying to get him there, and Delmi's in our chat room. And Delmi was standing right next to me. We're laughing whenever because we were standing next to each other. Going, here we go. Scott's gonna dig in on it. And and it was it was so good though because he's like he's like he's like I scored <laughs> the biggest flex Javier Hernandez has ever made since he's been with the LA Galaxy was that line right there. Yeah. I scored 17 goals in 21 games. Totally true. And I was watching. The playoffs from my couch. couch. That's brilliant. Chef's kiss. 
chef's kiss. It's so it's so great. Yeah, Chicharito won that one. And and but you know what? I'll say this. Yes, whenever you sit there, you go, Scott, don't you get it? He's telling you the answer. Just listen to the answer. But look how good it got, though, because Scott was persistent, <laughs> right? Um, it's it's just great. If anyone goes, I mean, I'll, I'll throw in a zinger. I'm not afraid to ask certain questions. Right. But Scott French will not let go. No, ever. He will not let go. It's hilarious. Brilliant, though. Great quote. Great quote. Um, a little bit from Greg Vanny. Um you know, I sort of wanted to get back to him and, and he was, he talked a little bit about Julian Araujo, which I thought was, um, which was good. It was needed, right? Because I asked him after the game, I said, you know, Julian Araujo looked like he was at fault, at least in some part for all three goals. He said he would go back and take a look at it. Um, and, and Damien was the one who eventually got him to talk about it. Um, and so here's Greg Vanny talking about Julian Araujo a little bit towards the very end of his media availability. Yeah, it's the same process for Julian for everybody every week. It's he sits down with the person, Dan Couchman, who is responsible for going through the clips, the moments, talking through all of the scenarios so that he can better understand the scenarios, his solutions, uh, what should have been done differently. At this point, he, he sees it and he's understanding it. It's about, uh, it's about doing it when he's on the field, right? So for us, there's a, there's a balance because he's still, again, he's a young man who's learning and he's trying to continue to get better in the position. Uh, we trust him and we have to show that, that trust in him. But... He also has to he also has to perform, which is going to be a big part of how he bounces back as we move into another game. Is can he respond with a, with a complete performance in this next game? And that'll be a, a good question for for Jules to answer for. All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, I, again, of I don't. Of course, there we go. I can actually hit buttons. Um, you know, yeah. you know, Araujo saved LA Galaxy on so many occasions. I mean, it, he had an absolute howler. Let's be honest, it was probably one of his worst games ever, Josh. Um, but a little bit like, you know, I always have to have one Arsenal reference in every show. Ramsdale got beaten at his near post by Diego Jota last night, and it was not a good moment for him. But I'm not going to kill Ramsdale because he saved Arsenal on so many occasions this season. And Araujo, I said to you, the beginning of the season, are we going to see him like simmer down a little bit? You know, and that's the next phase of his game, uh, game Josh, that he really needs to button up. It's it, it just, it's just, it, it's all around. And and again, I think he deserves to be criticized. So often, as you said, mm-hmm. he has been the savior. We talk about him being a consistent force for the LA Galaxy. He's a consistent source of offense, Um, you know, just in terms of assists. He's a consistent source of work rate and defense. And so all of those things. He was off against Seattle. And unfortunately, because he was off against Seattle, it cost the LA Galaxy three goals. And you could argue the last one isn't him, except that if he's up with the rest of the line, the guy who scores is actually offside. And then it wouldn't have been a goal. So, I mean, there's all these little shades. And listen, defense is a team game. Um, And there were plenty of defensive breakdowns. But, you know, he deserves to have a little bit of this criticism. I don't I don't think it's I don't I'm not worried. All right. But he needs to lock it up. Right. Like Greg Greg Vanny's like, lock it up, lock it up. A little bit like Marcus Rashford for Manchester United. He has done so many great things off the field. I mean, he saved kids, you Mm -hmm. know, from starvation, basically. And he's going through a very difficult time in his game right now. And some some in the media, some people also find it difficult to criticize him because of the great things he's done off the pitch. Araujo's done so many great things. He's winning awards for it. He's a fantastic young man. But he really needs to check his mental engagement in a game and not make silly mistakes and 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 silly, you know, and that result in 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 
in affecting the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's really got to curb that. He does. Um, and a, a big chance to sort of get back on this uh, for, for uh, you know, this Orlando game. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start looking and start shifting a little bit here towards this Orlando game because we're getting towards the end of the show. I want to make sure we have enough time because there's a lot to get to. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, Orlando sits eighth just below the playoff line. It's Columbus Crew, Philadelphia Union uh, at the top one and two spots with seven points over there on the Eastern Conference. And then if you go over in the Western Conference, LAFC and RSL sitting on seven points. Seven points is max in the league right now through three games. So nobody won all three of their games. Uh, the best that they've had is two wins and a draw. Uh, LA Galaxy sit fifth with six points there um, and are basically two points above that uh, playoff line right now. And if we go over and look at the overall view uh, in ninth place in the Sporter Shield standings right now is the LA Galaxy in 16th place is Orlando City. We look at the schedule that is coming up. Obviously, the last game of March coming up 12.30 p.m. That is the game against Orlando City. Uh, there's then a break until April 3rd when the LA Galaxy will travel up to Portland. That will be another game on turf. As Greg Vanny said, that will be three of five games that they have to play on turf checked off. So they're looking forward to the fact that they only have two more for the rest of the season uh, after this little stretch of things here. And if we look at April, it goes Pretty quick, pretty fast. Uh, four three against Portland, and then four nine. It is the first El Trafico of the season. One of two this year, um, and this one will be at Dignity Health Sports Park when LA Galaxy hosts LAFC on four nine. So, all that coming around very quickly here. So, uh, it yep. It was funny. Uh, Javier was asked by one of the local news uh, cameramen. Uh, he goes, well, you know, LAFC is coming up and and Javi like just shut him down. He goes, listen, man, that game's so far away. He goes, listen, I, I like you. I respect you. The whole deal, <laughs> like the whole deal. But he goes, I, we're not even thinking about that. It's all about Orlando right now. We're focusing on Orlando and, and that's all we want to do. So um, the LA Galaxy very much focused on that. So that's fun. One, ga one game at a time. You can't look too far ahead. Not in not in this uh, not in this environment. They've got to do that. They've got too many things to fix here and now for certain opponents than worry about El Trafico uh, coming that's, up. That's two games away right now. You know, it's like you got a, and a really difficult game in Portland that's going to be and a difficult game against Orlando City. When we're looking at injuries, uh, we talked about uh, Eric Zavaleta who had an MRI on a hamstring. No injury was found, at least no deep tissue injury of any sort was found. And so mm -hmm. he would be technically cleared to get back training whenever he feels good enough to be able to do that. I would imagine that he's out for this weekend and not available, um, but he could be available and maybe he sits on the bench. And if you don't plan on playing him that much, he could sit there. I don't know why they would need to, but that's something that's there. Uh, I imagine Derek Williams will be on the bench. That was one of the things that Greg Vanny talked about was how do we get Derek Williams back into this, this group as well, right? He's missed a yes. lot of times with injury. He's done that stuff. And Greg drew a line after the Orlando game. And he said, Listen, we're going to get through the international break, he goes, and then obviously we're going to reassess everything as we're working through that break and doing stuff and looking at players that we want to sort of bring back in and do that stuff. He said, maybe Derek will play this weekend. But whenever he said that, it was also like, we have this group of players. They're going to get to play these first four games and then there's right. an international break and then we're going to then we'll stop and we'll bring people back in where we want to bring them in. And maybe that means that somebody like Kevin Cabral doesn't get a start because they are not happy with how he's doing. So maybe it's Grant Sir that comes in. Um, Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I know it's cheeky. Yeah, it's Sorry. fine. Um, so you look at those things and that's why there's sort of this line that's being drawn after this Orlando game. So I would expect as we're looking at Orlando, 
um, that there's not going to be any drastic changes that are coming. And don't risk anyone. There's so much football to come and so much football to play, Josh. Don't risk anyone. By the way, if it's the Church of Chicharito, is it the Kindergarten of Cabral? Is Timey manned up? Come on. It when is. is this guy going to start playing football? It is. Um, and I think that actually the, this Orlando game is perfect for him. And if he doesn't succeed, then I will have more questions about why he is not mm -hmm. being put into into better positions and, and also having an effect on the game. I do think part of it is the LA Galaxy have been, and this is the same for last year, have been hesitant to play balls in behind. Kevin Cabral is one of the fastest people on the field whenever he plays. And you're not playing balls into him behind. Listen. Let's deal with the fact that if he can't cross after being played in from behind, that's a different answer than not playing him at all. Right. Um, yeah. And so I think that's something to look at. Let's do this. Let's get to real quick. L.A. Galaxy versus Orlando City coming up 1230 p.m. 1250 p.m. is what kickoff is 5-0 uh, Univision T-U-D-N. And then, of course, on Twitter. Uh, if you want the English side of that stuff, uh, you can find it on Twitter. So just go to MLS's uh, Twitter page and they usually have it. As you're going into the stadium, uh, the LA Galaxy put out in one of the emails that they had uh, that matches no longer requires fans to present proof of vaccination or recent negative COVID-19 tests uh, result upon entry to the stadium and masking is recommended but no longer required. So that's the change and people are saying, wait, they weren't checking last. There's a difference between not checking and not required to check um, and now they're no longer required to check, Sophie. So um, that's that's if that was something that was keeping you from going to a game, uh, the LA Galaxy are saying, have at it. Uh, come on down um, and you can go and see a game uh, here at Dignity Health Sports Park. So that's something to uh, hmm. to look at. Yes. Uh, by the way, Sophie, I don't know if you ever got checked for your vaccination status as a member of the media, but I never got checked for my. Oh, are ever. we allowed to say because I don't want to get anyone in trouble? I, I would imagine that that's public knowledge at this point. If you're not checking the press who are allowed to report on things I that they never, see. Yeah. I never got asked once. Yeah, of course not. Um, so that's, and by the way, there were lots of fans who had that particular experience as well. Uh, Orlando city was flying today, uh, from MCO. Do you, do you know what the, so MCO is the, the Ikeo identifier for, um, for Orlando airport. All right. Do you know how you memorize or remember that Orlando is MCO. I've told this one before. It's it's mm. Mickey's corporate office. MCO. Oh, correct. There. Okay. Homage to Disney. See, right there. there you go. So uh, MCO is Mickey's corporate office and coming to LAX. They were supposed to land around 3.15 p.m. So they were arriving here on a Thursday, ready to play on a Saturday. All right. Yes. All right. Uh, let's get. I love the I love the flight aware stuff. I really do. It's uh, it's fabulous. There's there's a great Twitter account um, called uh, let's see at Sports Aviation, and they do all like Major League Baseball, hockey, NBA, everybody. Um, they do it all, Sophie, and they track like flights from teams and where they're going and where you know what time they leave and what time they're supposed to land and all sorts of fun stuff like that. I mean, look well. what I have here. Look at this. Oh, oh, look at that. What, what, look at what, this. Hold on. I, will, I don't know what oh, season oh, this was from. Look but, at this. But look at that. It is a it is a blue piece of paper that I definitely printed out. Yeah, that this was, is a Josh uh, spreadsheet. That's good. Compensation, uh, uh, improved compensation through increased performance bonus bonuses. Yep. Uh, yeah. 
It's right here. Yep. Always have my blue Josh paper. Very good. Very good. Um, Just a lot of things, again, going on for Soccer Fest before this game. So um, get down there. They have a new uh, community kit skate deck that they're putting out. They have a mystery item giveaway. I've never seen this one before. A mystery item giveaway to the first 4,000 fans. Oh, I need one of these. Right? I mean, that's the first 4,000 fans at Soccer Fest. Uh, You can meet MERS is going to be there. Quasar Cuts, LA Galaxy 2 home opener. Uh, There's a local women's shelter drive, prize drawings, retro Kobe Jones tea um, and then the game itself as well there's also a blood drive that's going on before this game as well so I mean there's a lot of things that you can do before the game um, as it comes out so um, let's get let's get a little bit into what this Orlando team is going to do and sort of what they have looked like so far um, you know this season Uh, the last time the LA Galaxy and Orlando City met May 24th 2019 um, so it's been a few years uh, since wow. since these two teams played. The biggest news, of course, about any of this stuff, Sophie, is that there will be two Patos in Los Angeles. Uh, one of them, of course, will be playing on the field, uh, and the more important one will be in the press box. Um, so I will be up in the press box, and then Pato himself, the Brazilian, my namesake, uh, is coming to play with Orlando Wait, City. Yeah. Pato? Yeah, you know my nickname's Pato. Oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, okay, and then there's okay. Pato. Lost, I, yeah, yeah, then yeah, there's yeah. Pato, yeah. the Brazilian. I was reading your. I was. I was putting the glasses on and looking at the the results and stuff, and then I lost you for one second. But yes. Okay. I mean, I think you can play. I think you've got as much chance of scoring as Pato does. By the way. I would disagree, and I what? thought that too. I watched him play, and listen, they lost two. Scored to one. one goal. I know. I like- he's not a goal scoring guy. I admit, but he had a couple really good shots in this FC Cincinnati. Uh, game that if they're on target, they're definitely goals. Uh, he has missed those. Now, FC Cincinnati's goalkeeper stood on his head. Uh, I think he had eight or nine saves. FC Cincinnati won their first game in 14 consecutive games. They had they were on a 14-game losing streak, and they beat, um, and FC Cincinnati beat Orlando in Orlando 2-1. to one. Um, It was a little crazy, wacky game, uh, and Orlando had a ridiculous amount of possession. They had a ridiculous amount of scoring chances. All sorts of stuff happened um, in that game, and they still lost to Cincinnati, and I guess guess even a a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Um, But Pat Noonan in the FC Cincinnati, Dom Kinnear is up there as well. Uh, They got a 2-1 win over Orlando. So, So Orlando was coming in wounded. Um, with this loss uh, that they suffered to the three-time wooden spoon team, FC Cincinnati. I mean, does that does that make you feel good, Sophie? Does that make you, do you feel like you have them on the ropes or is this, or are they on a revenge game? Um, firstly, Pato hasn't been prolific since he was at AC Milan. Okay, let's be fair. Is, is that the same as, as, as Costa? Uh, Diego Costa. Douglas Costa. Douglas oh, Costa. sorry, yeah. uh, Douglas Costa. Um, I have Diego. I yeah. was thinking of Diego Costa. No worries. Uh, Doug, Douglas Costa has been prolific in his career in that he's won things. He's There's end product to what he's done. I'm not saying Pato hasn't. I just Pato, for me, has been an injury-prone prone player yes. who's moved around for many years through different teams, and you hope that he's going to be this great player he once was. And for me... I actually had to when when he signed for Orlando City. I was like, oh wow, he's still playing. Yeah, well, it's what it's one of those. I don't think Doug, Douglas Costa I was, evokes that type of re- reaction. 
I mean, he was he wasn't playing second division Brazil, but he got relegated as a first team player in Brazil down. So I mean, I get it, and I'm not going to pedigree is very different. It though. is. I've, you know, I've backed Douglas Costa from day one, and I'm sorry if you haven't yeah. seen his quality yet on the pitch, people. I don't know what to say. It's there. Is there? If he gets the uh, the the fitness level to where it needs to be, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. In fact, this could be one of the games where you really see it shift in. Um, because I think he has it in his legs to to sort of go. Orlando has two shutouts in 2022, um, same as the LA Galaxy, as a matter of fact. Um, and their expected goals through five games is just 2.7. So a, a decent enough defense, really, when you look at it. Um, and then you have Douglas Costa, the Brazilian, uh, versus Pato, the Brazilian, uh, which is fun in there. And uh, Douglas Costa had this little quote from his media availability. He says, I've known Pato for a long time. Uh, he's a friend. We've played on, on the youth and senior national team a couple of times. Uh, and then, of course, he said, I hope everything goes well for him here, except on Saturday. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to hug it out and stuff like that. And someone in chat, I think, wrote he was good in China. He, he may have been good in China. That And, I mean, you know, yeah, I will tell on. you the Chinese league is pretty much dead. Yeah, well, they they they've realized that spending wild amounts of money for very little uh, investment actually coming back to them is probably a bad idea. Um, so Victor, by the way, gave us a five dollar super chat says looking forward to a clean sheet. Uh, that is a possibility. I will say this. Uh, Pato is a dangerous player. At least he was in the Cincinnati game. Uh, he has the unexpected pass in him. And if you're looking for a guy who is going to be that guy who's sort of the unexpected pass, so, sort of like Douglas Costa, Costa can give you that unexpected pass that goes through in the different direction than you expected it to happen. Um, he had an assist that should have been an assist. And if not for a ridiculous save, uh, but he was moving away from the play and FC Cincinnati sort of sh- shied off of him and didn't mm-hmm. keep pressuring him as he's moving back away from goal. And you're like, Oh, okay, no problems. He's not dangerous. And he just spins and hits this left-footed floater over to uh to one of his players and it was a goal it should have gone in and it was and it was saved last minute so he has that in him um but having said that i don't expect that orlando city is going to be this possession-based team that is going to try to come in and smack the la galaxy greg vanny even mentioned this he said he said you know they're a possession-based team but whenever they have possession taken away from them, they turn into a counterattacking team. And he goes, and all the teams we've played so far have all been possession-based teams, and all of those teams have taken to hitting direct yeah. balls over the top or counterattacks against us because we've controlled the middle of the field and we've controlled the lanes. He's right. Um, and I think whenever you're looking at somebody like Oscar Pereja, who is one of my favorite coaches in Major League Soccer. Your man crush. Um, I, Oscar, he always he always gets the best out of his guys. Um, and so he can play really, he has he can adapt. And I think his teams can adapt. And I think that's sort of one of the, the hallmarks of this Orlando team. So they're going to be organized. We know that. Um, mm-hmm. We know that they're going to try to break the galaxy down. I imagine through the middle to start. Um, and that'll be through Pato and some of their other players that they have. And I think that eventually that goes to counterattack. So the question is, can the Galaxy handle the counterattack? Which so far this season, the answer is absolutely 100% yes. They have not been beaten on counterattacks. And can they counter the counter? Because I think the Galaxy are best whenever they have space and they're able to find. So this is the Cabral. This is Cabral's yeah. game, right? There's going to be space, Sophie. So this is where Kevin Hopefully. Cabral shows up. Yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully. And watch, I bet Pato scores uh, this weekend. It'd just be typical, wouldn't it? It's the defense once again for LA Galaxy. We know they can score goals. Uh, midfield, I still think, needs a little tweaking and some more work. But it's that defense. And this is why Williams, if he's one of the best defenders, he's got to get out there as soon as possible. Um, Depew, for me, I just don't see it. It just seems like he's he's such an average defender. Um and positionally, I just 
I just think he is questionable. So for me, once again, and Greg says it in every presser, doesn't he? If we can defend our goal, this team can go places. It's going to be the defense that kills this team. And in this particular, uh, watching certainly the FC Cincinnati game, uh, Orlando looked decent enough on set pieces. They didn't convert any of them, but they looked dangerous. Um, and that's the Achilles skill right now. The LA Galaxy mm-hmm. um, have stopped counterattacks. They have not allowed a lot of run of play goals um, to be scored. Which is an improvement. That's good. Right. That's, yeah. But but ultimately, there's going to be set pieces. There's going to be corner kicks. There's going to be free yes. kicks. There's going to be this. And there has been this, this softness about them in these situations. It's not like they don't have bodies to be able to get in there and mix things up. And so it seems like it's a timidness to understand what is going on and to be physical in those spaces. Because if you saw the, the, you know, the game winning goal that that Seattle scored, it's simply somebody fighting through a a minor block and jumping up into the very middle of the field and heading the ball. You can't, you can't allow that to happen. And Depew gets, doesn't suck back towards the ball. Koulibaly stays up the field trying to guard somebody after the ball's already been kicked. It's like, get to your spot once. The, if your guy isn't going to get to the ball, now you yeah. have to leave him and go for the ball. You have yeah. to be there. Somebody has to get there. And then you had a Rajo who's not paying attention to where the line is. All those things need to work together and need to be understanding. So hopefully... The Galaxy practiced that. I imagine they did. Um, and that they can fix this problem because I think if you're going to find a way for Orlando to win this game, it's going to be through these set pieces. Yeah. So and, yeah. and positionally, like I said, like you just you reiterated it too. They've got to be better um, all the way, all the way across the board. Uh, as we said, first meeting for the LA Galaxy in Orlando since uh, May of 2019. Um, and let's see, Orlando City has won only one of its last 14 away matches against Western Conference foes. Uh, they've drawn three and lost 10, dating, dating back to June of 2018. Uh, that's an interesting one. I also found that uh, that Orlando City held 69.5% possession and it's lost to Cincinnati on Saturday. We said we don't think they're going to be a possession-based team, but they like to play with possession. They're just not going to be able to do it if the LA Galaxy play. And I'm hoping that Victor Vasquez gets back into the starting lineup. I like Efrain Alvarez coming off the bench in the last 20 or 30 minutes much better than I like Victor Vasquez coming off the bench and trying to play in that role as well. Um, and I think that there's going to be a lot of chances early in this game to control that space and create chances. And then it's going to be up to the LA Galaxy's offense again. If this goes down as you know a 1-1 draw or a 0-0 draw or something where the LA Galaxy don't kick off on offense, the questions are going to continue to be asked because they're creating chances. Uh, I imagine they're going to create chances against Orlando in a defense that, while it can be organized, can be broken down. Um, mm-hmm then they need to score goals. This should be one of those times where you get people who are coming across three time zones to play you that you're able to go ahead and smack them in the mouth early and then run up the score. And then you don't have Chicharito playing 90 minutes of every game for every single time, right? And Douglas Costa can come out in the 70th minute because you're winning three nothing. Those types of things are important. So for me, I think the LA Galaxy win this game. I think they win it two nothing. um, And I really want to see the defense rebound, especially in those set pieces. You've summarized this brilliantly, Josh. Well done, Um, especially on the counter-attacking side. And I'm going to go 3-1 because I'm pretty sure I've bocked the squad uh, (laughs) and Pato will score. So I'm going to give him one uh, one goal there. And by the way, 
you know, our name, Pat, uh, Pato, Josh, right. uh, Panda, right. can, the Cannon, the, the and cannon. Hammer. Yeah, and I mean, hammer. that sounds like a good bench, doesn't it? It I does. I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good bench. It, it's yeah, not bad at like all. It. Well, somebody said, somebody said they, in our Discord that they were going to make a banner that says, our Pato is better than yours. And I said, <laughs> I said, I will stand next to that banner. I go, well, you all know it won't be true, but I will stand next to it. And then totally. we can do that. So uh, that's where we got LA Galaxy facing off against uh, Orlando City coming up at 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. An early one, I think, Everything opens like the gates open at like eight thirty or, or nine. It's really early. It's an early game. Um, I'm gonna be scrambling to get up and get out of the PJs and and you know actually show up to this game. So look forward to everybody to be in there. Tudn Univision and on Twitter for you if you want to watch it. But you should be at this game. Maybe um, we just show up in our pajamas. That's I think you know it says you're not allowed to wear team gear in the. But as long as your pajamas aren't LA Galaxy, then yeah, you, then sounds- that sounds fair. That sounds yeah. fair. Okay. Might good. just do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, Soph, that you want to get to? Or can we call this one? Uh, we can uh, call this one. Absolutely. Yeah. Great <sighs> to be back, uh, back from the wilderness. And, uh, you know, I did get my uh, text message from Larry is not on Twitter uh, yep. in the first five minutes. So good. A- as predicted. Yes. Um, so hopefully our predictions for the game this weekend will be correct. Let's go Galaxy. Let's get a win. Get back on track. Let's do this. Yeah, all right. I love it. All right. Uh, Sophie, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. At Highbury Squad across all social media, if you love a little bit of uh, European football talk um, and, you know, smidgen of MLS as well. And of course, uh, at Soccer Diva, or not of course, at Soccer Diva on Twitter. Come find me, come love, loathe, rant, <laughs> rave, whatever you want to do. Uh, have a good one and stay safe, everybody. All right, that's awesome. By the way, uh, gates opening at 6 a.m. Uh, the other lots open about 8.30 a.m. So lot A uh, opens then, or, or gate A opens then, and then the rest of them will be open a little later. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jguesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find us. Head on over there. We have the full presser from uh, Wednesday's media availability up and ready, so you can hear from Douglas Costa, Chicharito, and Greg Vanny ahead of this game versus Orlando. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Be safe, be kind. We will see you on Saturday. For Sophie, the canon Nick Lau, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everyone.